0: Je m'appelle Sandrine. Hola, me amo Krista.
1: Hola, salut. Chingy, Luna, Luna.
0: All right, here
1: we go. Welcome to
0: Step into Mondays, the podcast where we bridge. Um, Theory, theory to the to practice. practice i was going to say literature to the <laughs>
1: practice
0: practice <laughs> does literature have anything to do with anything wow okay so we should be all refreshed cuz it's the end of the summer and everything and yet our
1: brains are still going all over the place you know i've seen so many so many people on twitter these days going that was the shortest summer on record and, you know, it, it it's not really any shorter. It just feels that way because last year was so draining, you know?
0: Well, last year, I personally did not have any summer. I didn't go anywhere. Right. didn't travel anywhere. I worked every single day. I think I might have had maybe altogether a week where I didn't do anything.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. So definitely. That didn't help. No, I hear you. I hear you. But it's just, yeah, it's completely... Um, it's completely exhausting. And so, uh, you know, we hope that that maybe if you listen to some of our episodes, you can get inspired, you can get some ideas for what you can do <laughs> for your classes. And we really wanted to talk today, um, you know, and just try to inspire and, and, and help you guys figure out how to get, how to get going again this semester. So um, one of the things that you have to focus on are your small victories, right? (laughs) You have to think, okay, I have, I have accomplished something, even if it's, you know, it's not something major, like totally rewriting my curriculum, you know, you, you, you've done something. And so you've got to celebrate these small victories. For me this week, it was that I finally got all of my animals to the vet. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they were supposed to have gone in May, but you know, I was just so exhausted by the time that, um, the school year ended, it just totally slipped my mind. And then of course you and I have talked about how June boy, June did not go at all. Like we thought it was going to go with chill time. And so it's like, oh my goodness. So now, I've, you know, I've gotten everybody taken care of. And so I'm like, woohoo, all of, all of them have, they're caught up on their shots. They're all doing well. So, I mean, that's a big check mark for me. So, that
0: is, I was trying to get, I have one cat, and it's funny because my vet's office, I have had at least one text message, one email. I think I've had two postcards reminding me, minimum, reminding me that the cat is in need of his shots.
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> and it's like, Hmm. do they know who they're dealing with here because they are relentless and i was hoping to get him in before next week when i'm gonna be starting with some stuff but unfortunately they were busy so it will be at the end of next week when he goes but i've got the appointment so yeah
1: okay well that's good what about uh what about your small victory then
0: all right i have two Can i have two you can
1: have as many
0: as you want okay so and neither one of them have anything to do with teaching so I think it's a third victory (laughs) (laughs) there you go absolutely but one of them is that yesterday I went and actually had a professional haircut All right. Now let's put that in perspective. The last professional haircut I had was in March 2020. Uh Last year, I cut my own hair and then had somebody who finished beauty school but never got certified and whose scissors were actually kind of dull when she did it cut my hair back in February. That was the last time. So (laughs) it's like weird. I'm like, wow, uh, my hair actually is like, woohoo. Yeah. So I took that time to go and do it, which I think is a small victory. My other one, and I'm super excited about this one because I've been thinking about it. I've been working on it for a little bit. And I think I've, I don't know, have I mentioned it on the show that I do pottery? Um, I, I don't know. I can't remember. Well, if I have, I'm repeating it. If I haven't, ta-da! I do, I'm learning pottery. But I have gotten pretty good. Um, I think I'm at an intermediate low maybe mid-level into my pottery skills. And so I've been making incense holders because they're smaller pieces, they're easy. I mean, my my specialty is mugs and incense holders. Mm -hmm. Um, But the incense holders are fun. And so I opened an Etsy shop to sell my incense holders. So far, no sales, but I've only opened it two days ago. So we'll see.
1: Right, absolutely
0: and the theme of it is frogs
1: yes (laughs) well you know it's funny because i hate frogs in real life but i think they're adorable you know when you see the like like what you're doing or different Mm -hmm. things like that i like them but real life frogs no thank you
0: yeah i mean i think they're fun to watch i think they're they're they entertain me when i watch them but um yeah, no, I mean the whole frog thing and there's a whole backstory to it but it kind of turned from one thing to a conversation, to a challenge, to something else and I started making incense holder with the frogs and now there are other incense holders with other shapes and whatnot, kind of more simple, still a bit more complex. Um, so yeah, so I have them on there and um, actually Monday I made a frog mug i guess we can call it that where the handle is a frog oh okay cool yeah so that one was kind of interesting so about a month or so will probably go onto to the site as well for selling because there is a little bit of a delay but yeah so that's been my stuff so i've forced myself to do things that have nothing to do with teaching and to recover my sanity
1: right absolutely i mean that's i think that's important that's necessary but we do have to start thinking about, you know, mm-hmm. the, the uh, semester and, um, you know, last week we talked about the social emotional learning, right? And I kind of think that this week, it really is um, to me, it's more like a continuation of that in a way, because we want to talk about building community.
0: Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. It kind of goes together. You can't can't fully go after that SEL until you have the community built in the classroom.
1: Exactly. And so I think, you know, that's one of the things that you really have to think about. And when you're talking about building community in the classroom, to me, one of the first things that you have to think about is, is honestly the physical space, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't think about their classroom setup very much. Um, It's not something that teacher at some I mean, I was never taught this in my teacher ed program. I do it with my method students, but you know, what is the best way to set your classes up? And I know this year, even, um, you know, it's even more difficult because some schools are still doing the COVID-19 protocols with Mm -hmm. three feet of social distancing rather than six. Um, You know, I was talking to my sister-in-law who, um, you know, was in her middle school English classroom, seventh grade English, and she's like, I don't know how I'm going to get this set up because we're supposed to be three feet away. And the desks are three feet away, but they always lean over to each other and you know so we're going to have to put the desk actually further than three feet I mean you know it's, it's very, very complicated, I think, but um, so you, you know, the COVID 19 protocols, make probably some of what you want to do in your classroom a little more difficult. But you can still make sure that you have lots of visual aids all around your room with positive, affirming things, you know, like growth mindset kinds of things, you know, such as mistakes help me to learn. um, And I need to use feedback to improve myself and, you know, I need to focus on communication and you can have all those kinds of things around a classroom, you can have word walls and anchor charts that, you know, to help facilitate comprehension and, and student output as well. So I think you really want to think very strategically about the physical space of your classroom.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, to go back to last week's conversation, we were talking about um, maybe adding a corner for students where Maybe it's an empty corner, Mm -hmm. right? Where if things get too much, they can kind of go over there and there is no stimulation. There is nothing. They can recenter themselves a little bit if things get too much. Right. Absolutely. Um, We don't have, because too much, I mean, I don't know about you, but I get very overwhelmed. It's like when I walk into a store and there's things everywhere and I just kind of shut down, turn around and walk out. (laughs)
1: Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. But like, I was thinking about really, you know, when you um, taught uh, high school and mm-hmm. you had, you know, I loved, you had one of those windows, right? The, it was like a window from an old house and you had yeah. put like postcards in it of different places around mm-hmm. France. You know, that was lovely because it's kind of like a, a window right. looking into France. And so you can have those types of things. Um, around your classroom to make it more welcoming Mm -hmm. Um, yeah
0: because I made it I mean that was interesting because people would walk or it was a closet I had absolutely no outside windows right right because I was basically a big classroom that was cut in half the other the outer half had the window and even a door to the outside and I was landlocked um, which there were two doors into my, my classroom, but there was nothing to the outside world. I couldn't see anything, be it in the hallway or outside. I mean, we could have had any kind of weather, you know, frogs falling everywhere. I never would have known. So I made a window.
1: <laughs> right. Absolute, <laughs> just, uh, yeah, exactly. It well, was I, a
0: window into France. Yeah. Um, to make a little bit. And then I, took advantage of that and had a little bit more of a laid back because at the same time thing I had no natural light and so all of those overhead lights were killing on the eyes mm-hmm. so I had a lot of lamps around the room and um took Christmas lights and strung it around the ceiling and everywhere to give it a calming light right because at the end of the day my eyes were just killing me it was just horrible so that that made it a little bit smoother a little bit nicer yeah Mm -hmm. and I tried of course with the levels I had since I had to start back from scratch for all of them it made it easier to create my walls because I just had with the um the chalkboard um, the little chalkboard stickers you know I had different ones with the question words Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: I didn't have the English translation but I would have something that was drawn around it that would help students figure out oh yeah yeah that one would be for this kind of thing oh yeah yeah this question would be for this type of question to give them so they could figure it out Without just going, oh, I'm looking for when, 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 what is when in French? But then they just had to figure oh, yeah, yeah, that's the one. So this would be that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was one of the things. One that I had thought about at the time, and it's funny that we came back to that, to the SEL, was you have an area with maybe their name or something where, cause I had seen that somewhere. It was like a little space where students could go and move a little icon to show that, you know, their their mood had switched horribly. So you were aware of it. And then they had a little space to either draw or do something, but yeah, I never ended up doing it just because I couldn't set it up with the space that I had.
1: Right, right. I understand.
0: But yeah, you're right. I had other spots because under that window, I had a chair too, was a little table where they could kind of sit and chill and they could talk because they had two chairs. So they could have a conversation
1: there. Right. And so I think you, you know, the first thing that you have to do when you build community is you have to have a welcoming environment. Yes. And I think, too, one of the things is, um, you know, I can't remember where I read this, but it was a while back one way that you've got to create community is through identity. The Mm -hmm. students need to be able to see themselves in the course, you know, in the class. And so, you know, you want to make sure that whatever kinds of materials, you know, photos, pictures, whatever, are inclusive of all different types, you know, of people. And um, so you want to make sure that that they're going to recognize themselves in -hmm. in the classroom and in the class. And that's one thing, you know, we talked about this way back. I, and I'm still trying to update a lot of my activities to make sure that it's not all white people, right? you know, Um, I need to have a variety of people. Um, But until someone pointed out to me that when you Google search, they automatically give you white people, if you don't, you know, type in, you know, African-American or Hispanic or Asian or whatever, you're not going to get that variety. And I was like, wow. So that, you know, that's been, that's taken some time, but I want my students to be able to see themselves in the class. Mm -hmm. And so you've really got to make sure that um, you do that as well. I think that's, that's very important.
0: You know, that's why, in a way, um, and it worked super well. I know it takes a, a little bit of time maybe to add, and it cannot that wouldn't be in the classroom decoration per se, but one of my activities that I had done that dealt with actually activities, I told my students, um, hey, y'all send me Bitmojis of your Bitmoji doing activities that you enjoy doing. So I had some that sent me, you know, reading, eating, napping, uh, playing, Uh playing some kind of sport, um, surfing, you know, various things. And I told them it has to be clean. It has to be, you know, something that's appropriate. And I I gave them a deadline because obviously I couldn't wait until two minutes before class to use it. And then I used that for my little introduction of class because I had a little story and I was like, oh, well, my sister is coming to town and she wants to know what type of activities people do around here. And so then I had some and I had like, you know, so and so does whatever. And so I had all of so and so's mojis, and then somebody else, all of this You know, I'm going through a few, obviously you couldn't use all of it, but then it was categorized and it's something you could have students, you know, put places or whatever, maybe it's a folder where they're putting that in. And as you're developing lessons or presentations or whatever you're using, you can just add them there and then your students are represented the way they see themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's. I mean, they were very represented um, at the time. And it's funny because it's actually a class for which I was observed. And the observer at first was like, well, I was wondering where you were going with that because you had all of this. And she's like, did the students submit that? I was like, "Uh, yeah, I never would myself go and, you know, make my students into Bitmojis because I don't know whose toes I could step on and whose feelings I could hurt. Right. Because it's my vision of them. That's their own vision of themselves. They are representing themselves. Mm-hmm. No doubt. So it helps, right? So then Absolutely. they're able to show what they would wear. Because I know Emily, when she did hers on Snapchat for a while, because she liked the clothing for the guys better, she said she was a guy. So it would give her a little guy bitmoji so she could get the clothing. Because <laughs> you don't have any difference in your bitmoji between a guy and a woman. And she forgot about it until it was summertime and she went to put bathing suit on the guy and it only had a bottom and she was like oops oh, Yeah,
1: that's <laughs> let me turn that back <laughs> yeah exactly
0: so you know that way they represent themselves and then when the person realized that she was like oh that is so clever because you incorporated them into what you're doing it's like yeah
1: i did exactly exactly it made
0: it more personal too um they were looking to see their stuff and then I was able to compare as well like oh well you know these people like to do these more than that well my sister likes to do this more than that so and then you know can I mean it built into a whole thing so right 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 right. so that was a fun thing to do and I think they feel incorporated Mm-hmm. right so it's something that can be done from the beginning but you do have to have their trust before you can do anything like that
1: absolutely absolutely so you've really got to think about your physical space and you know um and how you are going to design that I think that's um that's like step one mm-hmm. the first thing you can do um but then you've really got to from day one, start with community building. And I think it's really interesting. A lot of times teachers are so focused on the curriculum or their textbook and they have to get through this and they have to get through that. And they think day one, I've got to start, you know, 90% target language, this, that, and the other. And sometimes maybe they don't take the time for community building activities. And I think that's, you know, sometimes that um, it's very difficult. Um, mm-hmm. But I think if you take the time at the beginning, you are going to gain so much more instructional time throughout the, throughout the year.
0: Well, and here's one thing about that. Well, I mean, we're college, so we, we see a lot more changes, you know, the first week of classes, but even at the high school level, even some level, the elementary school, you got some late comers, Right. You've got some students that are in the wrong space and they have to be switched around. Mm -hmm. Um, You have all of that. So if you have hit that syllabus on day one, you're automatically excluding those students because they're coming in and they have no idea what's going on. Everybody else is very aware of all of the rules, but they have absolutely no clue and they're never caught up.
1: Right. Right that's true
0: so that's one way to exclude students but you start with those activities with the work they see what the class is going to be about Mm
1: -hmm. you do those
0: community building activities and when you know things have settled then you're like okay so you've seen a little bit let's now talk about the the rules and you know this and that and whatnot and then you've also and you and I have talked about it you're setting yourself apart from everybody else in the school right at large because everybody else day one what did they do teacher drawn on and on and on about what they're going to do the rules you get to do about this could do about that and then they're like i can't remember who's doing this and who's doing that right right so then you've set yourself apart and it's like oh that was a fun class we played games right Absolutely. and we use some target
1: language right yes so So, uh, yeah absolutely I think that's um that's super important so you want to um you want to take the time to build it um what I think is so interesting always this time of year is the controversy over quote unquote icebreakers yes (laughs) it's like I hate icebreakers they're so stupid this that and the other and others are like no, this helps them to get to know each other and yada, yada, yada. Uh, so what is your take on icebreakers?
0: I think it depends how they're put together. And I think we talked about it a little bit last week on that. All of those, like, tell me about yourself. What is your name? Where are you from? You know, two truth and a lie. I'm like, uh, yawn, yawn, and triple yawn um you know tell, and that's the question I hate the most anytime you know somebody's like well tell me about yourself I I'm French what else do you want to know <laughs> right I grew up in France and you know mm-hmm. even now as a professional I'm like well what what do you want to know exactly right do, do you yeah. want to know my whole pedigree my, my CV is four pages long yeah. At this point. So is that what you're looking after? You're looking after my personality? Because you're going to have to get to know me to really get my personality. Because mm-hmm. I'm shy at first. You get, I, I'm I'm like a cat. You got to warm up. I got to warm up to you. And then I'm all in your business. And you're like, okay, can we go back to when you didn't want to have anything to do with me? Um, So those kind of questions don't do it for me. I think maybe... <laughs> Honestly, the ones to me that are the more the most useful is your challenge that has to be solved and okay. where people are working together. Okay, because then they're trying to put their strength and they're trying to overcome something. Okay. And I saw that last year when um, with the university that I was working for at the time decided, oh, there might be some online teaching and the spring was an absolute disaster. So we need to do some training for online teaching. So come on, and they created what they, co- they called cohorts, but really they were just groups and it was just mostly for the discussions to break that apart. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened on day one is we were all confused out of our minds. We didn't know where to find anything. so what happened there was a lot of conversations in the discussion like why we do this why we do that and people came together on some of it Uh after that it pretty much fell apart just because they did not it was about backward design but they did not use backward design to create their thing it was quite obvious so you know everything else kind of fell a bit more apart because really there was nothing that was created fully to work as a team it was individuals working side by side but that day one kind of brought that together and i thought there was a challenge we were trying to overcome it so we worked together and that's when i realized giving that little something to be solved so maybe it is a little a mini breakout where they have to pull things Mm -hmm. together maybe it's a scavenger hunt. They have to find things, but they have to work together, right? And then they're able to see who they click with, you right. know? So they're working with different people because as soon as they can narrow down who they're clicking with, it helps greatly.
1: Yeah, that's, that's true.
0: So I think that's the type of thing that helps. And some of them, and when I say challenge, it can be just as simple as playing rock, paper, scissors right absolutely you know especially the one with the teams right where you're building your team as you go and then you can try it a couple different times or however um friendly competition Mm -hmm. you know definitely Mm -hmm. works um of course those are activities that tend to be a little bit louder yes have to be okay with chaos
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and
0: sewing in there right you establish those rules from the get-go we're going to do this and it's going to get loud. Yes. But you can't do that or there will be consequences, right? Especially at the K through 12. Right. College, a little bit more behave. They're a little bit more scared as to what's going to happen. K through 12, not so much. So you, you establish those grounds. I think those are, to me, icebreakers because you're doing something and it breaks that cold ice over everything.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think sometimes it depends on what type of, uh, you know, icebreaker activity it is. Although I do have to say, you know, just from my, you know, my my boys, and, and that was really one of the reasons why I was convinced not to go over the syllabus the first day at the, in higher ed, mm-hmm. because I would ask my boys, well, how was class? oh, I don't know. We just all went over, you know, the same thing. I'm like, well, what about your work? I don't know, mom, it all runs together. And and it was like a light bulb moment. And I went, mm-hmm. no wonder my kids have a million questions. You know, there's even shirts that say it's in the syllabus, but the reason the kids have all those questions is because everybody does the same thing. They go over their rules. Mm-hmm. They, uh, go over all the requirements for the class and the students can't possibly process that if they have three and four and five and in high school you know six or seven classes okay. no wonder they're gonna get all confused and you know just completely mixed up I would too and so that's why I was like I'm not going over any of that stuff until drop ad and I actually even have a syllabus activity that I put in um, you know my my learning management system that whether you're asynchronous online or face-to-face, you have to go over that. And it, there's a little syllabus quiz and everything that they take when they feel like they're ready to absorb it all. Mm-hmm. And so I think, yeah, that definitely makes a huge difference. So I think too sometimes maybe what you um what you uh think about icebreakers also depends on your personality. Right, we all have very different um, different uh, uh, personalities, and I mean, I don't mind them so much. Sitting down and talk with somebody and asking them all these questions, and as a matter of fact, you know, it's kind of funny because. I was just thinking about when we would have job interviews and we would have people come on campus and, you know, I'm just so used to talking to people and they're, you know, and then I had, you know, a colleague go, you can't ask her if she has kids. I'm like, really? Because I always talk about my kids, you know, (laughs) but you're not supposed to do that in a job interview, but I'm like, oh, whoops, sorry, ignore that question, you know, but so I think it all depends some of it on your personality as well and how, you know, what, um what you, uh, you like, but now if you are going to use some icebreakers, you know, you want to make sure that, um, that you, uh, you know, you, you don't get too personal, right? Mm -hmm. Because people these days, a lot of times they don't want to share a lot. Maybe they're, they're not comfortable with that. So you've got to remember that if you are going to use icebreakers, Um, but you want to make sure that um, that they move around the room, that you allow them to move around the room, that you use humor, right? Mm -hmm. Don't be embarrassing. Don't put people on the spot. And I think maybe that's why a lot of people don't like icebreakers too, is because they feel like they're put on the spot or Mm -hmm. they're embarrassed, or maybe they've had too much personal information asked for. So you want to make sure that you know, you don't do that, right, so, but you do want to allow students, maybe you have tried different ones, to try out various roles, um, and, and I like the whole, you know, concept of the breakouts, or the solving the mystery, or or different things like that, um, because you might see who, you, you can tell right away, okay, who's going to be a leader, who's going to be more of the mm-hmm. follower, who's the quiet one, who just plows right ahead, you know, Oh, you do.
0: I love the one that, uh, and we have brought it up before, one activity that we found on Teachers Pay Teachers, which is a um, PowerPoint presentation, right? And you have questions and they have to decide or get in a group or get in a line. Um, And, you know, and it's very interesting because it's, some of them is pretty simple. One of them is get in a line alphabetically, um, you know, from A to Z of your first names, Mhm. Right. So that one is a good one because they have to talk to each other to find out people's names. They can't right. just be like it's like not like uh from tallest to shortest. Because then it's like, you just have to look. You don't have to talk to people to ask them how tall they are. You can see how tall they are, right? Exactly. And so you just need one person who's moving everybody around. And some of them are moving themselves because they can't tell, you know. But that one is when they have to talk. They have to say their names and talk to somebody else. Oh, well, my name is this, you know, I'm Anna. Well, I'm, I don't know, Jude. So, okay, well, A becomes comes before that so let me move that and then you have anna and she's next to amanda where they have to figure out well you know and and i'm thinking anna a n n a in case it doesn't come out the way i speak (laughs) (laughs) you know names and some of those are still tricky for me um you know and they got to figure out well the n comes after the m so amanda will be first and anna will come next right and they have to put those things together and it makes their brains work Right. And then they have to they have to use it's not just all handed to them. Here is the list. Here is which way you go. Right. Um, So that's that's the ones I like. And I think it's also depending on the ones you do might be good practice to be part of the the activity Mm -hmm. so -hmm. you're not just standing there watching them and judging you're doing it and observing at the same time because then you become part of their team
1: right absolutely
0: that's community right we want to be part of their team they're part of our pack it's not us and
1: them right definitely no no no. i i agree so i think i think that you know maybe one of the controversies over these quote unquote icebreakers is that maybe they're not doing them you know correct they have doing them correctly or i don't know maybe they i think they're just some
0: of them do feel like they're a time killer yes But we're going to do this because it's day one and that's what's always been done. And so we're going to do a variation because we have to learn each other's names. Right, right, right. And, you know, we want to know about everybody else and it's not going to happen. I can talk to one person and they're going to tell me their name. Guess what? Give me 10 seconds and ask me their name and I cannot tell you that. Right. Which is horrible as a teacher. I'll tell you that much but that's the kind of personality that's the kind of way my brain works you tell me a name it works it walks away so if i'm seeing it then it's going to help me so have 20 people 30 people introduce themselves yeah i'm not remembering anything right right i'm not going to remember their names unless they have a very specific detail i am probably not going to remember it Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. then
1: so, but it's what's been done right yes, yes, so absolutely, so there are a lot of other things that you can do um we've talked a little bit about giving them tasks where they have to work together, mm-hmm. um you know, but other things you can you can do to kind of um build community is complementing each other, right, which is mm, which yeah. we talked about last week, you know, I was thinking about the pierropos and just giving people um uh, shout outs. I've also seen, um, some people do like paper, Twitter templates. I mean, you can get, um, you know, those are online anywhere and they actually have like a Twitter bulletin board. And so the kids can tweet something, you know, for their classroom, a positive thing that's happened in their, um, in their life that they want to share or, you know, a compliment for another person or something like that. And so that's really great. And maybe, you know, if you're uh, working, if you're proficiency oriented, you know, it might be, wow, I reached my proficiency goal of novice mid this week because I did blah, 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 or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you can certainly do that. Um, and again, that if you're going to do something like that, you've got to think about it when you're planning out your physical space. Um, right. but, but one other thing that I kind of like, um, and I know, you know, there are lots of varying opinions out there but you know the classroom rules right everybody's got classroom rules and they I mean you know Emma comes home every year with these class contracts that we all have to sign that they're gonna abide by these rules and you know this that and the other blah 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 and so um but I kind of like the idea of the class working together to come up with their contract Mm, yeah and creating their, you know, depending on your grade level, right? Right. Um, But I think, you know, that that you can create your own contract, like, okay, so what do you think needs to be involved here? And I, you know, dividing it into teacher responsibilities and student responsibilities. Mm -hmm. As the teacher, what do you think my job should be? What should I be held accountable for? Okay, I'm going to have, you know, engaging lessons. I'm going to do this, whatever they come up with. Okay, well, what are your responsibilities? I have to come prepared for class. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, there are lots of different things that you can um, absolutely uh, do to kind of create that.
0: I like that. I do think at this point, there's something that's like going over in my head as I'm listening to you and me. Um, talk and I'm sure some teachers out there are listening and going okay this is a language classroom Mm -hmm. nothing that you have currently said uses the target language Mm -hmm. especially if they're year one or level one right so let's talk about that because I think it's important right
1: right right well yeah I agree and I think you know that's part of the thing you can do um again, depending on the level, okay, mm-hmm. depending on the level, um you can certainly have things like um you know the teacher one of the teacher's um responsibilities is to use the target language in class, you know, whereas I as the student, will do my best to communicate in French or Spanish or whatever the target language is I mean, you can put those kinds of things in um in the contract or in the classroom rules or whatever right yeah
0: but i was thinking like activity wise like what they're doing the activities we have so they're playing you know maybe they're putting themselves in alphabetical order well if they're year one they are not going to know the letters of the alphabet in the target language they cannot communicate that you know oh. that that's where i'm thinking along those lines that i mean you can play rock, paper, scissors and put it in the target language.
1: That's true.
0: It's a few words that they can use here and there, give them a few things. But I think there are some activities that can be done at the at the student level. If they're more advanced, then they have the language. You can encourage them, remind them, you know, we're using this, we're doing that. But okay, what so I'm also what... thinking is you can start, do a few activities. In the target language, you know, we always do on day one, the je m'appelle, me yamble, right? Right. Um, All of that. So you can do maybe that, maybe have some kind of a little project. I think uh, Bill Van Patten talked about it, and I believe it's in the book. While we're on the topic, like on day one, various activities that you can do. Where you know the language is provided, so they're already starting to use that basic, while at the same time trying to solve something. Um, and at that point, you're still using the target language, and you can do half of the class with activities like that. And then you're like, "All right, let's let's switch to English now." Watch their brains just like completely switch off, and. Um, and do those in english because maybe that's that's also needed that's part of our 10% that we have right mm-hmm. so that okay. that's where i was that's what i was thinking that you know most of what we had said it's stuff that we would do in english and well, it is yeah, a target that's language. true.
1: chinese I, I think that it's you know it's okay in level 1 to take that time yeah um and and do that in english mm-hmm. um Because you are because if they feel comfortable with each other, then they're going to take more risks, because that's a big part of language learning right is taking risks and you could actually even put that in your classroom rules I will take risks. And, you know, the teacher, I will reward risk-taking rather than penalizing you for making a mistake and different things like that. So I think that that's okay. But then yes, you know, in the higher levels, I think you can still do this and you can use it as an opportunity to teach them target language, vocabulary, and and, mm-hmm. and, and different things like that because you know respeto and you know you can teach them all of those kinds of things responsabilidad you can teach them all those kinds of things and do this in the target language as well but yes you can do some of the ones um that uh we were saying and you can actually you know if you wanted to do like you were talking about putting him in, in alphabetical order i mean honestly you can do that um in english the first the first date, but then when you're teaching them the alphabet and, you know, a lot of people are like, why do you even need to learn the alphabet? Um, I've seen a a debate about that as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) But I, I, you know, I think it's important because let me tell you, whenever I go abroad, I'm always having to spell my name because they don't, they they're like, what? Mm-hmm. H- h- how do you spell that you know and so i'm always having to spell it so i still maybe i'm old school but i still think that that's worthwhile so
0: <laughs> yes i mean you need it uh, anytime i have to call anyone or to stop anywhere and fill any kind of paper where i'm not writing down the information i have to give it to somebody i have to spell my first name mm-hmm. Believe it or not, my last name being Hope, I still have to spell it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I have to spell my street address
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I have to spell my city because people are not completely sure, you yeah. know, for a reason or another. So I have to spell so much. Right. It's not even funny. So, yeah, it is, it is important. It is a skill we have to, to use. What I was thinking, it could be made into a game like... They organize themselves into the um, maybe alphabetical order, and then they take each of the, you know, the starting letters. So you're going to have some gaps, but that's okay. So all the A's together kind of gather together, and then they try to decide how would that letter be said in the target language.
1: Mm-hmm. you, could you can give
0: them 30 seconds to a minute because it wouldn't take that long right right how do you think that would be said and then just kind of go down the line and then go to each group and see well did they guess it or not right right that could be a, f- a fun little game to where they're predicting Mm-hmm. And they're using what they might know because they have more than likely heard some of the target language. So then they're from what they know, they're trying to piece it together. Right. It, it engages them. It gives them one of those little challenges, right? Where they're working together to finish it out, to figure absolutely.
1: it out. Absolutely. absolutely. I think that, yeah, definitely.
0: And then you celebrate every bit of it, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, hey, the A's got it. Woohoo. Oh,
1: B's, well pretty close. That was good. Let's celebrate. Woo. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, one of the things when you're doing all of these things and trying to build community is you're lowering that affective filter, which you and I talk about Mm -hmm. all the time, because it's so important. Um, But, you know, just remember that um, the affective environment includes a lot of factors. You've got attitude, right? You've got motivation and you've got anxiety. So oh. you really have to think about attitudes because attitudes develop as a result of experience, mm-hmm. right? And influence from parents, no matter what we do, parents have the biggest influence on their children when it comes to attitudes. Right. And so I think that's another important part about why you wanna negotiate the rules of the classroom together and talk about respect. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you've got to think about um, all those kinds of things because you've got attitudes toward, you know, themselves, what kind of self-esteem, self-confidence do they have? What, what maybe attitudes or stereotypical ideas do they have about the language or the culture, right? Mm -hmm. That you're going to be studying um, towards the teacher, right? Because sometimes, you know, we all know students talk.
0: (laughs) Uh, just and, a little, yeah. You
1: know, and so it's like, oh, she, you know. And then you might go in there with an attitude, and then you find out, well, gosh, she's really nice. I don't know what was wrong with this person. So, you know, mm-hmm. you want to emphasize that we're all starting out on an even plane. We're all in the same boat here, with no preconceived notions, no, you know, or attitudes like that. Um, You also have to think about their motivation because that's going to affect your classroom community. Are they taking it because they want to? Or is it because it's a requirement or because their parents said they had to, or it's to get into college, to help with their job? You know, all those kinds of things are going to affect your classroom as well, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to think about that. And then of course, the one that I focus on so much is the anxiety because I had so much of it when I was learning a language. Um, And, you know, there are some people who are just naturally anxious and they're afraid to make a mistake. And Gen Z, as we know, they are not risk takers. Um, And so that makes our job even harder. So we really have to create that safe space for them. And I think that goes back to, you know, really listening. And I think that's one of the ways that you can create a community is teaching them how to listen to understand rather than listen to respond, you know? Hold on. Yeah. So, um, you know, in terms of the affective environment, anxiety is the one that I always focus on because I had it so much. Um, And you've got to realize that some people may be shy, um, you know, and we know that Gen Z is risk averse. So you've also got to remember to reward risk taking rather than um, just, you know, dinging in them for every mistake. So, you know, maybe, oh, wow, look at that. You really tried so hard to to get this um, this idea across and you did a great job. And so you want to praise those types of things rather than, um, oh, you didn't use the right verb, you're supposed to use a star, not say it, or, you know, whatever, and so I think that is another huge um, issue for uh, language teachers, as far as building community, is we're looking at proficiency, not perfection, and so, you know, that's kind of my mantra, proficiency, not perfection, in my classes, and so I think that if you, um, you know, follow that, then it will definitely, uh, definitely help improve the the community and the feel of your classroom
0: well and you know what you're saying right here is important because i think and and in some of the conversations that you know the part of the conversation today has been there but i think it's worth mentioning we start on day one building community but it's not just a day one activity Mm -hmm. it's something that is repeated Sorry. (laughs) That is repeated throughout the school year. Mm -hmm. Right. As we're going through all of the activities that we do, they reinforce that first day message of we're in this together. And you know, proficiency is part of that.
1: Yes, absolutely. No doubt. No doubt.
0: All right. Well, I think we could keep going on and on and on like always on the topic, but it comes to a point where we have to stop. So if you have any ideas, if you do anything in your classes, listeners that um, deal with building communities that where you have had a lot of success, please share
1: with us. You
0: can email us, you can tweet us,
1: Facebook, yeah, Google Voice, anything we would love to hear what you guys um are doing to build community because you know th- these are just our thoughts but you guys are out there in the trenches every day and so we really want to hear what what you guys are doing out there because we know it's fabulous mm-hmm. we do we do absolutely do so now it's time for our aha moment so oh, wow. An aha what is yours
0: okay my aha moment I don't think I have mentioned it on the show before it actually came to me it's been a few weeks I was and if I have done it let me know and I'll have another one but um I was exercising and it was a video and through the video that um that teacher that whatever you want to call her, I guess a teacher uh, kept going, you can do this. I believe in you. Well, did you, were you having trouble? Are you messing up the steps? Who cares? You're moving, you're doing it. You're trying. That's what matters. And you know, the whole time of that whole video, that's what it was. And then Mm -hmm. I thought about it. I was like, you know, they pretty much all do the same thing. Some of them more than others. And I thought, why don't we do that in the classroom? Mm-hmm. We need to be doing that in our classroom. That is the message we have to send our students. You did it, great. Did you mess up a few steps? Okay, but you did it. Fabulous. Let's celebrate. Right. To build that, you know, that that fire into the students. And I thought. I don't know why we don't have that approach in school because it's all around us as far as that. Like, yeah, you did that. Let's celebrate. Yeah, you did that. Woohoo. That's fabulous. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was my aha moment. We need to present our classes like um, exercise classes.
1: No absolutely. I mean yeah, yeah, even yeah. the
0: live ones will do it too. I mean good grief. Look at any of the commercials about workout equipment. Yeah. That have the personal trainer included. What are they showing? The trainer going, you can do it. I believe in you. You have you have it in you. You have 5 more seconds, 10 more, you know, 10 more minutes however long and they're still pushing you.
1: Right. Absolutely. So I, you know, dealing with people a lot um as we do um sometimes i i just struggle to understand people and like well why wouldn't you want to do better why wouldn't you want to to learn and and improve and get to know what it is that you need to do better cuz i'm always like how can i make this better what can i do and i'm always wanting to learn new things and and i guess It's, it's just really difficult for me, but then (laughs) you'll love this because Nick Saban Mm -hmm. has a quote that he's pretty famous for that says basically mediocre people don't like overachievers and overachievers don't like mediocre people. Yeah. And I guess that really struck home with me this week because I'm like, well, we could do this or we could do that. Or we could do people just don't want to. And I'm like, but why? This is what's best, you know? And, it, and it's like, no, just not interested. And it's like, wow, okay. So sometimes it's hard for me to know what to do with that. Um, and so I just have to remind myself that not everybody is an overachiever like me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I have to accept that. I mean, if they're content in their mediocrity, I just have to let it go. Um, but that's really hard. Um, Yeah, it's really hard. But that's kind of I'm like, well, okay, I'm just I'm always been an overachiever. I'm always going to be, I guess, an overachiever. So um, but I just, you know, I have to accept that some people don't want that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And I think some some of it is, you know, as far as the kind of people you're describing, is not necessarily they don't want to be overachievers i think they're just comfortable yeah in what they're doing yeah and so they don't see the point in changing anything i guess that just breaks my heart though <laughs> i know i mean it it but to to change to evolve it means we have to get uncomfortable yeah and you know, that's one thing that's when I used to do some of the fitness videos and uh, shoot, I can't remember the name of the one who used to do it, do it. She was on The Biggest Loser and she had a whole series of them. But her favorite tagline was get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Because in anything, I mean, fitness in particular, you're not going to get better until you push those boundaries. Yeah, and no, you're right thing in good. anything we're doing but if we don't like to be uncomfortable then we're never going to change anything we're just going to keep that status quo and just kind of cruise
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, no, no,
0: you're right and so for some people that's part of that they would like to be better but they don't want to get uncomfortable so they're going to stay there in that safe zone
1: yeah that's very true very so. true all right well we hope that all of our listeners, uh, you know, are wanting to do better, right? I'm sure they are. They wouldn't be listening to us. So <laughs> that's what I was going to say. If they're listening to us, then
0: that means they're trying to, to hopefully learn something from us, but maybe not. I mean, we could probably learn from some of you, but oh, no to see a different viewpoint or maybe to confirm what they know is right because you know like going to conferences and watching webinars and taking part in some of that training a lot of times I'll sit there and I'm like you're not telling me anything new but thank you for confirming that I have not lost my mind that this is the way to teach
1: right (laughs) absolutely absolutely I that's
0: also you know in the quest for being better because Mm -hmm. we we can always pick up a nugget here and there so yeah if our listeners are listening which they
1: are then it means they are not part of the MIG group people that's right that's right so thank you guys for listening if you um feel so inclined you could drop us a review on apple podcast we have a few um uh, yes. we would love to have some more um mm-hmm. And you can, if you have any questions, whatever, step into Mondays at gmail.com, um, at into Mondays on Twitter. Uh, let us hear from you guys. Yes, we want to hear your lovely
0: voices and your experiences. That's right. Hasta lunes. All